0: Hello, 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 New Haven, or wherever you're joining us from, and welcome back to Arts Respond on WNHHLP one hundred three point five FM, New Haven. I'm your host, Lucy Gelman, and today I'm very excited to be here with um, musician. I think it's fair to say, music lover, music consumer, um, and just like all around Renaissance man, Trey Moore, and we are talking about the see- the second year of the Seeing Sounds Music Festival. Um, and, and also, Trey, you know, your work as a musician, because I think that you can't talk about thing one without, like, acknowledging thing two. And this year, I, I'm really excited because this year, Thing Sounds is not just one day. So the, the main music festival, folks should know, if somehow you're living under a rock and you haven't seen it and you're not on social media, <laughs> um, the, the main festival is on July 1st, which is a week from Saturday. Yep. but there is a whole week of events happening and that that kicks off june 27th and there's stuff on the 20th which i believe is a tuesday
1: yes yeah, yeah, there's
0: stuff on the 27th on the 28th on the 30th so um maybe you for whatever reason can't make it on the first although you should absolutely make it on the first but there is goodness happening all week next week and so let's jump right into this and You know, I want to know a little bit about, I remember talking to you last summer, it was like a thousand degrees outside, we were in Edgewood Park at the first Seeing Sounds Music Festival, and talking to you about, you know, you seeing the need to cultivate this thing that didn't exist within New Haven. And so I would love to hear from you about the genesis of the festival, and then your your decision to grow it, because... That's a whole like a lot of work has gone into this.
1: Yeah. Um first off, thank you for the cool intro and reading off like everything. Um that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah, last year last year was the first year of the festival. Uh, I think that the whole idea was just to like kind of create this moment. Um I love music. I think that's at the core of the thing I do. Um I think for the folks who, like, come around me and I'm around, we all just love music. So uh, that's, like, the first step. That one, really, really like music. You know what I mean? And then <clears throat> I love it enough, and I, I love my community enough to so where I'm like, well, how can we create these moments where we all, like, come together, and it kind of feels like it's just kind of like this thing that we're all a part of. Um, or just, like, kind of like this this dream or like this core memory. Um, and that's how it came about, but it, it all like it's all like it all predates like back like when I'm a teenager, like in high school, early college years. Like I used to be obsessed with just like uh, L.A. and like the idea of like going to Coachella one day and then like performing there and doing and being in like these spaces. Like Odd Future was like a big group growing up. Um, you know, people like that. I seen kind of like the energy that was happening over there and they were doing like their own little like events and indie festivals and stuff. But me being like 19 um, and like broke and can't really go nowhere. I'm just like, well, I can't really do it there. But like maybe one day I can like come here. I can bring that energy here. You know what I'm saying? Once I'm in a a position to do so. Um, So this is me just kind of like Honoring that like vision from when I was like 17, 18, 19, just creating this thing.
0: And I want to, we are. I I also want to ask so, last year was the inaugural year, year, it was around like Coogan Pavilion in sort of Edgewood Park. And I think some people who don't recognize the Connecticut music scene or who don't think about it a lot. Like I remember when I moved to Connecticut, people were like, oh, it's going to be like an episode of Gilmore Girls. And I'm really grateful that it's not, right? Um, But there's a lot of really cool grassroots DIY music making happening. And and I think people who have been for a long time craving these spaces. And and part of that is affinity spaces where they feel like they're around um, both other musicians of color and Often, um, from what we saw last year, also other queer musicians. Um, but but there's a lot, like, I feel like last year's celebration also, or festival also honored, like, skate culture. And I don't know, like, these, I don't want to say entrepreneurs, but, like, vintage pop-up shops and skateboard shops. And, like, there were some cool people selling, like, Canada goodies and, like, all, all of these cool DIY things. I
1: mean... For me, it's like, isn't that how it always happens, right? It's like, get these like marginalized groups who typically don't have access to things or like are given like physical space to just like do their thing. And then they kind of, you know, turn water into wine. Like, I, I think in the same way, that's all we did. I think it it, it may be new to like some people, right? Like, <clears throat> the idea that like oh who are like all these like dope amazing like wow like I didn't know uh there were all these like kind of renaissance people here but it's like man we've been here we've been doing cool stuff it's just now we're in a public space and you can kind of see us and we have a platform. But but I think that's just throughout history man like you know those those groups who aren't typically given things um they they create their own space and they end up doing something crazy, which down the line ends up being like in the history books. like You know, so I think in the same, I view it the same way. I'm like, you know, I've known we've been cool for a long time, you know, but I think now people are learning that.
0: I'm also curious, like, do you think this just occurred to me? Do you think that also part of it was COVID because we've been through this moment where like COVID is still with us, the pandemic's still with us, but we're in a very different normal than we were a year ago certainly two years ago and you know when I when I was watching musicians like pivot and do all of this new stuff some people like went out and you know they recorded a whole album in their basement because that is what they had quarantine to do and um but I think that pivoting like musicians have always been pivoting as a matter of survival right
1: I would say so like I wasn't alive in like the 30s and the 40s and the 50s but I imagine man it was tough back then you know and there were some a lot of crazy things going on um but I think in the same way art music is like a reflection of life I think this is it's like a the realness of life always kind of impacts like how creators create and how we kind of navigate our own spaces and stuff so I would say, like, I think COVID for sure, I'll speak personally, it definitely made me adjust, right? Like, I think it, for one, it it's sat me down. It's like, okay, like, who do you want to be in this world where things can change instantly, right? So it it, may, it might've made some of us look at time differently. Um, It might've made some of us become a little more ambitious after the fact. Like I think nobody really knew what to do while we were cooped up in the crib. We were just trying things, but I think kind of under this like new normal, when we're like outside more and doing doing things, I think for sure there's a little more ambition behind trying to get things done within this timeline because we don't know what the next thing is going to be or like when it's going to be. Um, I think for a lot of musicians, you can feel the energy around that too. Just around, it's not just me. It's a lot of other cool things going on, especially locally. So, and I, I, would, I, I would say that has a lot to do with us, you know, with what everybody has gone through the past few years.
0: I think that's true. Um, I wanna talk about your choice to grow the festival. Cause first of all, like a music festival is no small undertaking, right? And I just remember being like, being very, very impressed uh, by this all day festival, I think I I'm old, so I think I left around like eight, but it was still going really really strong. Oh, no, no,
1: that was, we we were done about eight. That's about it. You know
0: what <laughs> um, yeah, but so this year it the goodness like kicks off on June 27th, which is next Tuesday. If you're listening to this, um, really anytime time before June 27th, uh, with the first seeing sounds jam slash like open mic, and that's it neighborhood music school on Audubon Street at eight. Yep. Um, and then on June, and I love that you're hopping around the city. That's like I I find that really beautiful. I think some folks get very rooted in one neighborhood. Um so on June 28th, you're doing director's cut at Lyric Call, which is a really cool like funky space, uh sort of right across from Edgewood Park as you're getting into Westville on Whaley Avenue on June 30th. There's indie wave and happy hour in the plaza, which is Temple Plaza, um, from 4:30 to 7:30, and there there are some like amazing artists performing there. And then the underground at Silla Blues, uh, which is 9 p.m. to 2 p.m. Officially after my bedtime.
1: <laughs> 9 p.m. to 2 a.m.
0: 2 a.m. I'm so sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is not an almost all day thing. Um, and and then July 1st is the festival starting at noon in edgewood skate park um so hopefully after that 2 a.m bedtime or like i mean realistically 3 a.m if you're driving home at at 2 a.m um but hopefully you can get a little shut eye before the time.
1: after festival. you get the snacks like you go to insomnia get you some cookies or <laughs> right. something you know what i mean yeah.
0: yeah no that's that's true um i know mm-hmm. i feel like there are those couple spots downtown new haven i um when I moved here, I was like, "Why does everything close at like seven PM?" And even downtown, a lot of stuff closes. And so, finding those gems that are open past like nine PM is great. Yeah, Insomnia, Mamoon's, um, a couple other spots. Um, so, so tell me about this decision to grow it out, and also, we'll talk a little bit about how collaborative this is because nothing, as we know, happens in a silo.
1: Yep. Um. Man, that's a good question. I, I think year one, you know, it starts with a thought to thing Um one day and I'm like, he played it afterwards. One, my experience as an organizer was, oh, that was pretty smooth, you know, and it wasn't my first time curating at all. But at that scale, independently, I'm like, that was the biggest thing I've ever done. um and. At the time, I didn't have like a strong backing or that. Like we had a couple of sponsors who pulled through last minute, um, but yeah, I, when when I completed it, I was like, man, there were no issues. Like just on the or, or organizing side, like even like the workload, it was hard work, but it wasn't like stressful or like it didn't feel overwhelming. I think in the same way, like people who attended and the artists who were a part, they left with a similar feeling. I feel like and. I think that carried over. Like obviously year one, folks, you know, if you don't already kind of know me and know my vibe, if you're like new, new, you're not sure what it's gonna be and maybe you're reluctant to come or, you know. So I think a lot of people discovered it after the fact, like, oh shoot, like this cool thing really did happen. Um, How do I be involved in this? So there was a lot of that that happened afterwards where immediately after I'm getting like messages about just like how do I get on next year how do I be a part how can I help um which um you know made me start to think about well how how do I put more people on how do I get more people involved in a way that's like meaningful and like where they can actually feel like they're a part of this thing so naturally, my thought was like well how do we how do we expand a little bit so that we can make this a, a thing everyone, they're a part of. Um, so yeah, I start to think about um, more events and Seeing Sounds, we exist as a as a brand and as just like a one-off festival. So we carry throughout the year. So I started to develop these kind of smaller events like Indie Wave, um, like the Underground, um, like Director's Cut. Where other creative people can be involved, and you know it's not just it's kind of like super exclusive like you know only the cream of the crop can be a part of this thing um so yeah that that's that's really what went into the decision to expand um and i I admire platforms like um south by Southwest um for those who aren't familiar like I think they have a couple festivals in different states, but I think the most well-known one is in Austin, Texas. And it's like a week or two just full of like, it's a a music and film festival. And a lot of people are involved, like huge artists, artists you've never heard of. I think people go there for the discovery aspect of it. Um, You can just be curious. You can walk into a random venue and discover your favorite artists who you didn't know existed prior to when you entered. So I, I feel like, it's important, especially like in New Haven for seeing sounds to exist in that way because there are so many amazing people. And also, I love New Haven. So I think it would be cool for people to like, I'm here to discover. I'm here to be curious. You know what I mean? So that's really the overall like vision of seeing sounds and why I think it's important to like one day.
0: And I also want to ask about Indie Wave, because kind of in a, in the way that those seeing sounds, you know, came onto the scene officially last summer, I think in July, right? And, but then Indie Wave is something that you have been doing that I kind of feel like if you're in the loop, you know about, I heard about it from Paul Brian Hudson, who is a musician that many people know and love because he's just like crazy talented and one of the like most kind and generous humans on the planet um but I mean you've been doing that you've been making your own music Brian Flattery over at the New Haven Independent recently wrote about your album Psychedelic Love Song so like how I guess how are these other um DIY things and, and also just like making music how is that feeding you as you also are feeding into the community
1: I think it's all a part of like the, the experience for me like Again, like, when I was growing up, wanting to be a musician, like, full-time and, like, looking at, like, my artists and stuff, a lot of that, it didn't just have to do with, like, the music they were making or, like, the, I don't know. I guess guess just that whole part of it, like, rolling out projects and stuff. That's definitely, like, the big part of it because I'm a musician. I love making music and creating music. But it was, like, the overall experience of, like, living as a creative person and what that looks and feels like you know like I was more I really like love the idea like not having to work a regular job you know or like just having time to spend with my friends and to go to like festivals and ride our bikes and like stuff like that that was really the thing for me because I think at the end of the day like I can make music pretty easily and pick it up, put it down, but then what's my experience like in life like day to day? and I think that's what it means to like kind of be happy as a creative person you know i can I can go work forty hours a week, come make an album. that still doesn't feel great for me. Um, so for me like the the lifestyle experience feeds into the creative experience because then if i'm enjoying my life and I'm creating these, these moments with people, I go home like, oh, man, like, this feels good. I want to create something, you know, and then I, that feeds back into the thing, because I, now I get to perform at my festival. And it's like, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, you know, like just the way we live day to day more than just like. Or another when it comes to being an artist.
0: And do you feel like you've gotten a lot of support? Like, one thing I really appreciate about a lot of the musical circles, because it's not one united circle, I think, in New Haven, is it often feels more collaborative than competitive, and I really appreciate that. Um, Do you feel like you're getting, you know, the support from folks you need? Like, one thing I noticed about Seeing Sounds is this year, because it's more visible, you've gotten more support from you know, from like art, the Department of Arts, Culture, and Tourism, from like Wovra, which is the Westville Village Renaissance Alliance, from the Community Foundation, like from these somewhat entrenched institutions that I think are like taking note, right, which is great. Um, but do you also feel like you're getting support, you know, from the musicians around you? Um, I feel like as an artist, you like, you're lucky in that your family is very musical. And some, like, sometimes I've heard from artists that their parents are like, no way, like no way can you be an artist because you gotta make a living and, and you can make a living as an artist. It's just harder.
1: Um, Yeah, like one, I guess going backwards so my family has been super supportive being musicians. The idea of like doing music full time or like chasing the dream wasn't crazy, you know? And I, I went to, College. I played sports. I dropped out of school to you know once I decided like okay I kind of want to put my time into creative thing that everyone knows that's what I what I'm meant to do. Although I was talented in other spaces, well, this doesn't feel like I use do some time anymore. And like dive into this. My families they they've always been more than supportive um my community has been more than supportive when i when i think about other musicians and other singers and other creative people um that's the only way i've ever been able to do anything um you know people are just like willing to support and when they want to be in places where they feel supported too like in the same way they know if if i'm involved in something it's not gonna go to waste you know like i'm gonna be there for them in the same way if they make that call um so i've never felt a lack of support even when i was just putting out music in my early days like never felt like people I, i've never had to beg for people to share my music i've never had to like ask anyone to like please come to an event please come please come i think folks just like show up and i i feel just like this gratitude in that area um support from like um organ- other organizations and stuff that's a more newer thing that's happening um and I think a lot of it has to do with just just being more open to understanding the importance of what's happening, um, which I think is more of a new thing in New Haven when it comes to like just you know, institutions and orgs and stuff. I think you know, new people are coming into positions and they're more curious and there's more of a conversation that's happening with artists, um, so that people can know, you know, why it's important to support these communities. So like this year, yeah, we definitely have more support, more funding, um, so that we can just do what needs to be done. But it was important in the first year, you know, we just had to build the thing first. And that was always my mindset build this thing and they'll catch up. You know, like, they'll they'll see it when it's time for them to see it. Um, but I'm, I'm super grateful for, like, folks like Adrian from Arts and Tourism, who, like, is always a person I can, like, reach out to and is super helpful and they've been super supportive. Um, and just other, other folks, you know what I mean? Like, our biggest sponsor last year was Roller Magic and Waterbury. That's because, you know, I have a relationship with that skate community there and they understand, like, because I've done the events there and they they get it, you know, why why it's important to kind of pour into that community. Um, I do think there's some work to be done. There's a lot of work to be done um, because, obviously, once you've existed as one way for so long, willingness to just undo it all overnight sometimes not there so just even within the you know some of the policies and the protocols and the way things work you know sometimes I can make it difficult I can imagine how difficult that can be for someone who's just starting out and doesn't have the capacity or the resources to navigate these things um so that, that's that's definitely one thing we're working on but you know I'm personally I'm open to Bang on those doors, and so that the next person can have it easier than I'm having it. Right.
0: I think that is so true, though. Like there, there are huge barriers to access, and there are everything from you know someone will say, "Well, we're offering a twenty five hundred dollar grant or five thousand dollar grant, or maybe it's a a bigger grant than that." But they'll be like, "You just have to do these forty pages of paperwork, followed by forty pages of like meticulous reporting on the event." And it's like, can I just give you a couple of photos and like yeah, let's, a, let's, an audio recording of, of why you should support this thing? And I hear that from artists all the time who feel so emotionally and mentally drained that if it's not over a certain amount, they're just not going to apply for it because they feel like, you know, what if I put all of this work and invest so much labor that isn't compensated into this grant and then I'm not, you know, I don't get it.
1: So, so true. That's in fact, yeah, that's kind of one of the things we deal with now. Um, even when you start to get the grants, you realize, oh, I might not even get this money in time for the festival, you know? And you have to start to like formulate ways. But the interesting part of it though, and the reason why there's so many question marks behind it because I've, I've experienced folks who make it who are, make it simple and I also experienced folks who were like, yo, we're gonna need two months to process this money for you. And I'm like, man, I wonder why it's different for th- these people and why it's so hard for y'all. And those that's that really um, connects to one of the ways then sounds wants to make impact locally. So the idea, you know, while we exist as like a creative, you know, that Base resource for artists. We want to. We want to. We want to really change the way, um, or, or change what it looks like to exist as a resourceful arts organization in New Haven and just across this everywhere. So, example, like what does it look like for to be an org or to be a group that has resources? And is this willing to just give them, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, we don't want to mentor you know, we don't want to mentor you. We don't want to make you go to these classes. What do you need? How can we support, you know what I mean? Especially once you have an understanding of what, you know, why it's important, I think that's, you know, the main thing. And, you know, if if you need help learning how to manage the money or like spend the money, absolutely. but really, man, like, just, just give them what they need, you know? They already know what to do with it, you know? Most of the time, they've been doing it. Just give them what they need. Um, and it's still stuff I'm learning. Like, I don't understand why, you know, but with processing stuff like that. But I've experienced the easy way, and I've experienced the hard way, and I think the simple way, I better.
0: I know. I feel like I have to have you back on and maybe some other people, maybe a moderator on just an episode about like philanthropy. Um, Because I I feel like when it comes to artists, and I hear this from artists all the time in the community and from folks who are or have historically been living at the margins, um, like philanthropy is complicated in that people will like give you a little with all sorts of strings attached but not enough for you to like really feel like, okay, with this one grant, I'm self-sufficient going forward. And then there's a very like, well, well, you have to thank me several times mentality and it's complicated. It's really complicated. um And so what you say so resonates with me about just like, just trust us, just give us the money. Like we know how to do this. We just need capital mm-hmm. because like part of the beauty of something like seeing sounds is Artists are also not not just performing, not just being discovered, but like they're being paid, and and right. compensating artists in the city is not something that people have always done. Um, and I'm so tired of hearing people talk about getting paid and exposure. That's just totally BS. But yeah. we will do another episode about that. Um, I want to hop back to the fact that you know you have these four days of events or three days of events leading up to the day long music festival in Edgewood Park. And I wanna ask about, um, I mean, ab- about all of them, but especially about Director's Cut and Indie Wave, because I think with Director's Cut, like you're also activating or reactivating Lyric Hall, which was a space that for years was really beloved by artists and um, recently like sustained some flooding and so has been pretty close to the public. Um, and I love that you're back in the in this space and reminding people, hey, this, you know, for years has been a space that artists have really used because they've needed somewhere to gather. Um, so tell me about Director's Cut.
1: Yeah, so Director's Cut um, is kind of my introduction for me and my love for film to people also, just on a personal level. Um, but it's, yeah, again, it's one of those things where it's like, well, how can we create more space for creators here? And one one thing I haven't seen enough of is, you know, spotlight on, like, our indie filmmakers and, like, our, you know, people who work in film locally. You know, you think about, I guess it's, like, that kind of world in general. You have, like, all theater and all these, like, theaters around. And I, I went to co-op my first year. I went to Best of Arts Madness School and I also went to co-op. Um and I have so many friends who are so talented in that world, like of directing, acting, filmmaking, whether it's like music videos or short films, you know, I I know some people who were like on like big sets now and stuff. So but I'm like, well, wh- where do they go like to see each other and to like discover one another? And so like that meeting place, that social place didn't exist. So director's cut is for that. And also just like to highlight all the cool work that they're doing. Um, so you can really like get to know these people. And, you know, maybe you're a aspiring director, or you want to work in films, sound scoring, costume design, like, that's what this is all about. Um, and this, the decision to put it at Lyric Hall Theater, it was just it was just made sense um for me. I have a relationship with John um for for context. So the underground event, which is our DJ series, um, we're also featuring some live performers this year for the festival. My first time doing it was like back in 2017. And Don was the person who let me do it at Lyric Theater. So we used to do them at Larry Theater before they closed down um so yeah once i told him we were having a, a lot of conversations about it's like you know i i didn't think it was coming back at a point i thought they were done so it really wasn't in my mind I, and i forgot how we reconnected but he was telling me like he's looking to reactivate the space and he was looking for support and you know he was able to get this grants to kind of like work and renovate the space and yeah, we we reconnected and I was like, man, I want to do this thing here and it was just easy um cuz we we have a history of like working together. He understands he understands kind of my passion for creating um meaningful like social space for like marginalized communities and stuff. so yeah, they they've been super supportive and I'm happy to be doing something there so that people can be back in that space.
0: No, that's amazing. And then also the um, I was gonna say the next day, but it's that's Wednesday, right? The 28th. Yeah. And then on June 30th, which is Friday downtown in Temple Plaza, um, there's Indie Wave from 4:30 to 730 with performances by Paul Brian Hudson, Jonathan Moore, and Stephen Gritz King. Um, who are all like con- just consummate musicians, right? Um so tell me, like, tell me about that. And then also Indie Wave is something that you have been experimenting with.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're in Temple Plaza. Another space that I thought, man, it'd be, it'd be really cool to like do something here. You know, I, again, like I grew up in New Haven, so those are one of those spaces you cut through or, like, to get, or you might stop there, eat lunch or something. Um, but just as a creative person, I'm just like, I always wanted to just, like, see what it looks like to do something cool here. Um again, like I connected with Francesca from Town Green District. Um, they have brought me in to be a production a stage manager for the night market back in October. And that's how I got introduced to them. Um one of those things where we just start to learn each other and I kind of present this idea to her. And she's like, Yeah, let's do it. We we do our happy hours usually, you know, starting in June. Um, so that was a really just easy seamless collaboration happy to be out there uh, the artists are as you know are like are amazing Paul is a friend a friend Jonathan's my little brother I don't know how many people know that um, but yes yeah, my little brother he's dope so uh yeah yeah I'm, I'm really excited about that and the cool thing about it too is like all of these events except for the underground they free. So it's like, you can be just like taking a walk and cover this thing going on that you didn't realize. And that's what I'm most excited about, is that some of these spaces where people don't intentionally go sometimes, they can go with intention, don't have to pay anything, and just like be there and enjoy art in a way that's relevant to them. Um.
0: And I, I do also want to talk about the festival itself, but I want to remind listeners, if you're just joining us here, this is Arts Respond on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. I'm your host, Lucy Gellman, and today I am here with Trey Moore, a musician, music lover, uh, music consumer, renaissance man, also lifelong New Havener, which is just amazing. Um, and and I think like deep lover of New Haven. And and like community, and what it means to cultivate um, artistic community in the city. So I'm really grateful to have you on. Um, and we're talking about the Seeing Sounds Music Festival, and also some goodness coming up before that. And and I will also say the undergrounds after that. I will probably be asleep as that's as yeah, that's unfolding. So Maybe I'll try to find a young reporter, um, right? And and that's at Stella Blue. So again, you're like jumping. You're jumping around um both New Haven and and downtown and especially between Westville and downtown which I feel like those are two spaces that don't always like communicate with each other so yeah uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's,
1: it's interesting it's interesting like kind of connecting all these like people like an email yeah. right? funny
0: yeah it's great it's great and so you know bring us into the festival itself because this year there are also two stages which there were not last year correct or is my memory failing me
1: no 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 there two
0: okay <laughs> okay um yeah so so there's a like a main stage and then there's a, a second stage and there are I should have counted beforehand but like like well over a dozen musicians which is pretty incredible
1: yeah I, I would say it's probably over at least 30
0: Yes. So let's like let's talk about that. And I and I feel like there is in the same way that there was last year, I felt like there's something for everyone. Like if you are into sort of like indie and something that pays homage to or homage uh, to the like to the roots of punk and rock and, and metal, like there's Amar, there but but there's all sorts of different stuff. So yeah
1: talk, I mean talk to me about that yeah uh yeah again like so like the main day is meant to be a festival I think I think like what that means for me and like the way I describe seeing sounds is like kind of kind of filling that that space that void where like people are like i gotta, I gotta run the governor's ball or I gotta go to like Coachella, like, and that's the only way they can get a festival experience. So, you know, my thought was, okay, like Connecticut, New Haven specifically, we're positioned so beautifully where we have these amazing art, amazing artists who are here, and these amazing artists who are like around here. And man, what what would it look like to just like get together for a day, and people can discover what's what's here. Not in like a not in like a uh I don't know, just like irritable way, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh please go, please support local artists. It's like, like, yeah, support your local artists, but like these are like amazing people. like these are dope artists who they're out doing their thing and they're and they're and they're amazing on their own and they don't need like the tag of like Local artists to like kind of coerce people to like come see them. So I'm like, yeah, like let's let's really do a festival. Let's let's, let's do it for real. And this year with the addition of two stages, or oh, well, with this extra stage, this is just me, um, or us, just trying to grow into what I think we want to be. And it's it's new. It's a bit ambitious. I don't think. You know, it's a new thing. I I think it's going to be cool. Um, You know, we're planning for it the best we can by, like, staggering the acts so that there won't be, like, too much overlap when it comes to, like, bands. And the second stage ends earlier, too, so you won't have to worry about missing some of the bigger bands on a bigger stage. Um, But I think it's all preparation for, like, what I think seeing sounds is, is the direction we're going in which is like a a major, you know, mainstream, but like indie festival, where there will be two stages, will be like these different moving parts. Um, But at the core of it, again, is to get more artists opportunities too, get more artists opportunities, and give communities more opportunities to experience artists. Like it's all just about the experience me and i think people take that with them and that's just as important as like getting paid like you want to make sure they feel like they're doing something that they want to be a part of you know because you can get paid you can go do like a corporate event or something and play that and like all right cool i just got a thousand dollars but played for three hours straight while they were drinking and talking during my set You know, that doesn't feel good for an artist. I think what feels good is like playing in front of a crowd who's like there to listen to you. And, you know, you feel like you're being heard and you feel like you're playing in front of like a a relevant audience. That's like relevant to, you know, your music and who you want to play in front of. Yeah, I just said a lot, but that's what I love energy behind. Yeah
0: yeah and do you always envision it you know as it as it grows do you always envision it as being here as being in new haven because i feel like new haven you know we're informally the cultural capital of connecticut i would like to make that formal because i feel I like even cool. even other cities that are cool like there are other cities that are cool in connecticut i I just want to you know hartford i want to shout that out it's gotten like even in the last five ten years much cooler in, in some ways, um, I'm like, there's cool stuff everywhere, right? Like there's cool stuff in Waterbury, it gets a bad rap, but do you always see it being like here in you know in New Haven? I'm just gonna own that cultural capital of Connecticut and- No, nah, you're know.
1: right. I, I say it all the time, I say it all the time. I'm on record, all my friends, whether they're from here or not from here, I'm like, yeah, New Haven uh, for arts and culture. And until you go to other places like that, that isn't like LA or New York or like Atlanta, like go to some other places and realize what's not there. Like you'll come back to New Haven and you're like, yo, like this is actually pretty special that we have what we have here Um, to answer your question. As far as like keep there, I think absolutely. Um, And these are some of the things I've been thinking about as of like last year like immediately after the the first one ended i'm like okay like what what are the next two to three years gonna look like um you know as we grow and expand I, i would definitely have more clarity around that after next week um but the idea is for it to grow um and i would love for it to grow here you know i think naturally as you grow you're gonna have to rethink a lot of the things, the way things were done, you know, year prior, it's always something new to learn as a, an adjustment to make. Um, you know, one of the ways we've grown this year is we've, we're using more of the park now, um, where we just kind of used the concrete before, we're using the grass area and we're also using and Pavilion. And with those things come new policies and new responsibilities and stuff that we have to you know take care of and thank god for the resources and support where we're able to like do these things but like as we're growing I'm like constantly thinking about okay what what's going to happen next year because we're going to grow we're going to grow next year's going to be bigger but what about the year after that where okay we might need a bigger stage now okay now we might want to bring in a couple we might want to feature a couple bigger artists to kind of bring more attention to our local artists so that they you know they kind of share a space, logistically. What does that look like? And I think that's when we're gonna start to have, we're gonna need to have like a new conversation with the city of New Haven, um, specifically about how to how to do this. You know what I mean? Because I think up until now it's just been arts and ideas when we're talking big festivals, right? And I think they're just they're kind of gridlocked into like their thing every year this is the budget this is what we do you know we've done this before this has never been done before so i think i'm even this year i'm encountering some new things where you know the response has been pretty cool lately but in the beginning i don't i don't think they you know i don't think they were sure about like how i was really coming with this thing But it's like, nah, we're really growing at a rapid pace and we have to figure out ways to support this and to breathe life into this so that this can exist. Um, I think, you know, in two years, the question becomes, okay, does Edgewood Skate Park have the infrastructure to support how big this will become? And we'll have those conversations when we get there, but I would love to keep it in New Haven because I love New Haven and we have some cool spaces.
0: I will say like we have a, a lot of green spaces and yeah. Edgewood park is such a special, it's it's just a really special place. Also, like you were talking about Coachella earlier and to, to me, like, yes, an incredible artist. Right. Um, but going to a music festival in the middle of the desert does not sound as much fun to me as going to a music festival, like where Westville is close. by like, if I want to, if I want to walk over and get some brunch food, <laughs> And like, come back. I can do that. Yeah, like if I, I want to, like you know,
1: I love that. I love that we're near the highway too. Yes, yes. So you can come from New York and come yeah, from that's Boston, right. Hit New Haven and go back home the same night. Right. If, right.
0: Yeah, you're not in the middle of the desert, which is really nice. Yeah.
1: And they have to build out a lot of stuff. To do that, and I'm not opposed to that if ever that needs to happen. But this, that's a definitely a lot to have to build out. Like buildings just for a week or so. Yeah. That's definitely a lot of work.
0: No, that's a lot of work. So the last question I want to ask and then I'll I'll let folks know if you have been living under that rock this rock, a rock, what I don't know, a given rock um and you haven't heard yet of seeing sounds. Um I'll let people know how to find all the things. But I always ask artists so like this this show grew out of the first year of covid and you know as you're planning this like yes you love music and and clearly you love community but also how are you making sure that you take care of yourself
1: Yeah, that's a great question lately i've been giving myself um just like on a, on a daily basis when you're doing like these kind when you're just doing things Working at something, whether it's your job or whether it's a project like this or something like that, there comes a time when you have to start to think about yourself, and you may not be able to like hit all your like goals in one day, or like you may feel like laying down, or you may not be able to respond to everybody's texts or stuff like that. So I've been I've been kind of like giving myself grace in those areas where it's like, bro, you've been working all year. Um, it's okay to like stop working right now. You know what I mean, like or like nine eight nine p.m. It's like, hey man, like watch a movie. You know what I'm saying? Like just like do just do something else, which which can sometimes be. You don't even think to do that sometimes, because like when you love the work and you're like okay with like doing the work, it's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm just like do it all tonight and I'll stop. But. Lately I've been like learning to be like really intentional about like stopping and resting, picking it up in the morning when I'm refreshed, you know. Um especially in this last week. Because I'm just like, man, it ain't but I've I've really been doing my best. You know what I'm saying? So if if something falls short, it ain't, it isn't because I didn't try. You know, it is because I didn't li- literally try my best. I've been trying my best. I've been trying to do what I can do. So, and if you're exhausted, just go ahead and go to sleep. Get some rest and we'll start again tomorrow. So little things like that definitely help. And they impact your mental health, you know. Those small moments where you just give yourself some grace. You can definitely, like, change just the way you feel um, throughout the course of the week.
0: I really love that because um, ev- like everything you were describing, yes, it sounds like joyful work, but it also sounds like work, like real work. Still and, work. Yeah. and when people say, uh, if you love what you do, it's not even a job. I just want to punch those people. Sorry, that's very violent. I not actually punch right. them. I am I not a violent right. person, um, yeah. but I just, I get so angry when people say that because I'm like, "It, you can love what you do and it's still a job, right? Okay. Um, especially in the arts, people um, people who I think are not in the arts, they still think that what we do is cute or or extra, and it's none of those things. It's how most people got through COVID, right?
1: Can I add so. to
0: that? Yeah, please.
1: So, like, for me, this this goes into just the way, like, uh, like black artists marginalized. Artist can- man, this, like, when you come into a position where you're able to, like, do something or, like, do your idea, we're so used to, like, being overworked. You know what I mean? Like, we're so used to, like, not having what we need that sometimes when you come into a position that, you know, when you're able to, like, you can have, like, the bare minimum do what you need, like, you don't even think to give it, you don't think you deserve these things. You know what I mean? Because you're not used to resting, you're not used to going on a vacation or stuff like that, so you're just, like, oh, no, nah, I'm going to work, 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 work. And I'll sleep when I'm dead. I'm like, bro, like, we're so used to, like, being taken advantage of. I think we're just programmed to be this way. And, like, I don't subscribe to, like, hustle culture where, like, you're just not allowed to rest or not allowed to, like, sleep. Because the idea is that if you sleep, you're not getting nothing done. But I'm like, from experience, like, I've been, I've been seeing what it looks like to not rush through things and not, like, put more on yourself or other people or like be, you know and that, that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna like the outcome means like success or the outcome means you know you might still succeed but and it's such there's definitely a less stressful way to go about doing creative work where you don't have to overwork yourself and that's one of the things that seeing sounds grows too where you know this year i'm able to hire a few more people now so one of the things I stress too is like, tell me like you don't gotta overwork. Like everything we're organized. Like we got it. I don't feel like you gotta do more than what you need to do. You know because like it'll get done regardless. But like, yeah, I realize that's that's one of the things I had to, I had to undo within myself. It's just like that that kind of way of thinking and is rooted in just not having things and being like taken advantage of.
0: Yeah. Thank You well, first of all, Trey Moore Harry is going to kick us off. So, Harry Droz, thank you, the man behind the magic controls. Thank you, we appreciate you, and thank you, Trey Moore, musician, music lover. So, if you are hearing about Seeing Sounds for the first time, or if you've known that it's coming uh, and you want to find out more, you can go on the Instagrams and uh, it's at Seeing Sounds Fest and at Trey Moore Music. Yes, I love that we have the visual. Um, can folks also find it on like it's uh There, I think if they go to your, um, like linky thing, Linktree, (laughs) that's the name of it. Um, they can also get to it. So if you go to linktr.ee slash forward slash you'll also get to it. Traymore, I want to thank you so much. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing a lot of each other next week. Sure. And I look forward to it.
1: Absolutely, can't wait to see you. Take care.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much.